0: Sancho's Boys, or if Rashimon wasn't your first episode, this probably is. I'm your co host, Tim Amatuli. <laughs> and I'm Chris Cote. And today we're talking about the big one, Seven, Seven Samurai, Samurai from 1954. Hell yeah. The show I have dreaded recording and editing the most. And I think I said that about Rashomon, but this is a big boy here. Movie that I have
1: been meaning to watch since the seventh grade, and I am now 24. <laughs> and I'm excited to have finally seen it.
0: <laughs> you could have started this movie in seventh grade, and I would have just, and then finished. just finished it now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it is certainly a long one. Uh, three hours, 27 minutes, I believe.
0: Yep, and Kurosawa's longest movie in his entire filmography. Oh, thank God. So we're already past it. I was worried there was the longer one coming. And you know what? Even if it's longer than The Idiot, it's shorter. Yes, okay,
1: well, I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually uh, behind the curtain watched 2001 last night, and that movie is at least twice as long as this movie, even though it's only two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you watching that. I was like, oh, you're going to make this feel even longer. Like, do you not know what you're setting yourself up for? What you're building to?
1: No, no, no. It actually, I think it made it better because after 2001, I was like, wow, this movie's so exciting. It's so fast paced. So much stuff is happening. <laughs> not that I don't like 2001. Great movie. But this was, uh, this is something. Amazing. Yeah. The big one, for sure.
0: But yes, it is a big one. It is, at the time, the most expensive Japanese movie ever made. That certainly makes sense. Probably on, like, salaries alone. (laughs) Yeah, given the scale of this absolute mammoth of a film here. At the time, about half of all Japanese films were either Chambara period pieces, or then the other half were obviously contemporary. Yeah, and we've seen some of that in his filmography. Kurosawa is thought of as a samurai director, but we've gone through 17 shows and this is the first true real samurai film.
1: Yeah, there was like two kind of samurai films and this this is definitely the one.
0: Yeah, exactly. The Men Who Tread on the Tiger's Tail had no fighting. It just took place in Meiji Era and then Rashomon. And Rashomon is about truth and meaning. and <laughs> So this is the
1: one, the big actual samurai's kicking ass, cool characters. The one, the one that you think about.
0: According to Kurosawa, he is a big stickler for period accuracy. A lot of period pieces at the time, the Jidaigeki films, were really no-inspired like a lot of Japanese cinema is, so the fighting is much more stylized and a little bit more operatic, more like a dance. Here, he wanted really non-aestheticized violence to portray the horror of fighting and death and bloodshed on the battlefield. He was really like a dictator on set, which he has a reputation for being to get everything period accurate in the same way that Kenzie Mizuguchi, who is the filmmaker that he looks up to, I believe the most out of any of them, except for maybe his mentor Yamamoto, who also had amazing set pieces in period films that felt like you really stepped into a time machine and walked out in ancient Japan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not the person who could judge him on his period accuracy, but it felt spot on (laughs) to the casual observer. There's, like, no break in the verisimilitude of the environment at any point.
0: It feels like we're in a real village.
1: Yeah, I don't even... How could they power the cameras that they must have used to record this? I say we can delay no further. Ah, okay, much like this film, the summary is going to be a little long, but here we go. Set in 1856, a farming village faces certain annihilation when they learn of a group of 40 bandits that will soon steal their harvest. Desperate, four peasants travel to a faraway town with hopes of recruiting samurai who will defend them. Though all they can pay them in is rice. After many failed attempts, the group witnesses a noble ronin named Kambe save a child from a thief for no reward. They plead with him for help, and he eventually accepts, but notes that they will need no less than seven samurai for their cause. The ranks are gradually filled by Katsushiro, a young, aspiring samurai who begs Kombe to be his master, Korobe, who becomes Kambe's second-in-command, Shishiroji, an old war friend of Kombe's, Hi Hachi, a humorous ronin working as a woodcutter, Kyozu, a quiet but intensely powerful sword fighter, and eventually Kikachiu, an unhinged farm boy desperate to prove his skills. The villagers are distrustful of the samurai, but gradually gain respect for them as they are whipped into fighting shape to defend their homes. Several men launch a successful preemptive strike on the bandit camp, but Hi Hachi is killed in the process. Multiple battles ensue over the next few days, causing the group to lose Gorobe, Kiyozu, and Kikachiu by the time the last bandit is defeated. The following spring, the farmers replant their crops with joy, as Combear remarks that the true victory belongs to them, not the samurai.
0: In execution, it is far more exciting.
1: Yes. A lot of that is character work, fun scenes, the actual fighting. Like, it's a lot more exciting than just a recruiting film.
0: For such a long movie, it is a pretty straightforward plot. And And I think it's a testament as well to the efficiency in which the movie is written, edited, everything. The plot is always moving and I don't feel ever really loses you or you ever really get lost. The motivations are always clear. I think a lot of characters wear who they are on their sleeve, but also have a lot of room to grow.
1: Yeah, it's not one of those films that the runtime is padded by long lingering shots on grass for several minutes and things like that. It is pretty much just engaging with Plaid the entire way through.
0: Right off the bat, the movie sets itself up. It sets up fast. I was
1: shocked. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> um
0: yeah within 30 seconds you know what the plot is
1: yeah you see the bandits come up and they're like well let's attack this town wait we just did that let's do it again later and then there it is (laughs) the bandits are going to attack the town later (laughs) yeah the reason they're coming back later is because they had already taken all their rice so they want to take their barley when it ripens which is very important to the plot a lot of food-based conflict in this movie we learn a lot about farmers and the politics around farmers
0: akira kurosawa presents maybe farmers suck
1: yeah Have you considered this? Farmers are greedy and bad and liars. And so are the samurai, and so are the bandits. Yeah, no one's good, but everyone's trying their best.
0: One of the farmers overhears the bandits' plan. There's a horribly pessimistic town meeting where everyone feigns about how they're going to die, and there's a story that another village was faced with a similar situation, hired samurai, and was able to defend themselves. So now their only hope is to do the same.
1: They learn this from the old man the town elder who is the priest from senshiro sugata i think
0: yes the wise specter of kurosawa's past
1: yes comes back to inform this film looking even older far older and uh, more decrepit than he did as a slightly older priest in senshiro sugata that is how it works but yeah i guess that is how linear time <laughs> works but like in those nine years he ages like 90 years he is extremely old in this movie but anyway the plot is set up they have to find their samurai We don't really know how many, we just know they're looking for people to defend them, and they don't really have any bargaining power.
0: Yeah, and they don't even know how they're going to be able to get any of them, because they have nothing to offer except rice. And that means they're not even going to be eating rice themselves to be able to afford that. They're going to be eating millet. Eating millet, which is apparently one of the
1: grossest things that you can eat at that time (laughs) period, because they are really unhappy about it.
0: Yeah, it really does sound just a step up from the grass that a grazing cow would eat. Nothing like the wonderful rice, and apparently barley. And we know they can't eat any of that because it's not ready. Yeah. But, and it will be soon and then it'll be taken from them and they won't be able to eat it anyway.
1: Yeah. Classic. They go out to hire samurai, which you can do. You can hire a samurai and they're not nobility and they're not rich. But that's kind of the whole thing here is that they have to hire samurai with goodwill and limited resources.
0: The film opens with a title card explaining that this is after major periods of civil wars. And the samurai really are to blame for a lot of the poverty from a lot of the wars that they fought between dueling masters. This movie would be much more accurate to call them Seven Ronin and not Seven Samurai because none of these men have a master. Yeah, I noticed that. They're really independent contractors. Seven independent contractors sounds much more boring. Yeah,
1: and seven Ronin wouldn't have played alliteratively or t- on a national scale.
0: Yeah, we needed 47 Ronin, and then that hit real well. The one guy,
1: Katsushiro Akamato, he's the son of a wealthy samurai. I guess being the son of a samurai doesn't mean you're affiliated with a lord. You're just in a lineage.
0: I believe that Katsushiro comes from a samurai family. But again, that only gets them so far anymore. He still needs to be trained and they have no master. So there's nowhere to uh, get that paper. I don't know how exactly far this other town is that they go. It seems like a few days. Four villagers are sleeping in a stable that belongs to somebody with some really rude roommates.
1: Yeah, he's just like three guys who, despite being almost naked and looking like shit, somehow are higher up than farmer peasants. They even say, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a peasant. That would suck. I'm like, you guys look like total shit. <laughs> you look like the most peasantine people ever.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, aren't you? You literally have like pig shit on you. The only thing they have above these other
1: guys is that they have hair. <laughs> no one in the village has. They have all <laughs> shaved their heads.
0: Yeah. Th- these other guys are really acting as an embodiment of the villagers' anxieties, their deepest, darkest worries and fears about themselves. In the form of uh, roasting them. <laughs> Why would anyone ever want to help you? You're totally worthless. Yeah, you can try and get this one, but
1: he'll just run away like the other ones.
0: Yeah, they have a samurai in the stable with them, and he's just a punk that can't even fight these peasants.
1: Yeah, the peasants beat the shit out (laughs) of him. He was like, it's only because I was starving. And they're like, well, you had money, but then you gambled it away. (laughs) So he's a bad choice.
0: Yeah, he's out. They approach other samurai that look like they, you know, are solid fighters, but they're not willing to do it for nothing. It's almost considered an affront to ask them. A lot of them get, like, mad. I understand. I'm a freelancer. Someone asks me to work for free, I get angry.
1: Do you want to work for exposure on a job that might kill you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the stakes are extremely high, and we don't think we can win this battle. Do you want to do it for free?
1: (laughs) That is the proposition they're doing, but they do get lucky.
0: Yes, Takashi Shimura shows up as his angel.
1: Yes, in the same village, maybe they find Mr. Too Damn Honorable, <laughs> <laughs> the most noble samurai in the entire film, kanbei Though he's also a cool dude.
0: Oh yeah, he is literally godlike in this film. No,
1: like such a physical turnaround from Ikiru. Takashi Shimura is like completely decrepit, just like falling apart. In this movie, he looks incredibly strong. The next year, so he looks awesome in this film. He plays a wonderful character. Because it's a yeah. Akira Kurosawa film, as soon as he shows up, you can tell he's important. <laughs> One of the things about him having a, a cabaret of actors is that when you see him and you see Shiro Mifune, among the many samurai, they find you're like, oh, these are the ones that matter.
0: <laughs> yes, there will be samurai that are more or less important in the overall plot. Kanbei is definitely, I would say, the most, and I think gets a great character introduction. They start out and we see him cut off his topknot, and that, I mean, for a samurai to do that, that is a huge sign That is, they are either disgraced or they're becoming a priest. Those are the only reasons that a samurai would do that in the practices of Bushido and the way of the samurai and everything.
1: Yeah, in his case, though, he's just a really nice guy.
0: To find out then that this is him actually doing a very selfless act, sacrificing what strangers would consider to be his own honor to save a child who's being held hostage.
1: Yeah, by a thief in a barn. Yeah, so he he essentially shaves his head so he can appear like a monk, and he can appear non-threatening to this thief. So he approaches the thief, offering rice balls, and then says, like, I'm just a monk. Like, how could I hurt you? I'm just a monk. And then he runs in there, and in a flash of action that we don't see, but we come to understand, the thief runs out and then falls to the ground dead, because he has been slain by Kanbei in a nuts scene.
0: I think a scene that also really sets up how Kurosawa is going to approach action in this film It's a very action-packed film. I would say this film is very fun. I think this movie is actually very funny as well. Yeah, very funny and fun, absolutely. But death in this movie is scary to Kurosawa. And he's using slow motion here not to show slow motion these guys being cool. It is to really feel the weight of everything that has just transpired. Because this man runs out and just stops. And then we see that he's got this slash to his back. And he slowly just slams into the ground and Kombe comes out and throws down the bloody sword. The mother of the child is reunited and they're all crying and he's receiving no payment. He's just done what he has to do. And he doesn't really get a joy out of killing people, but it is just a thing that he is good at. Is that not a stabilization
1: of violence in this one scene? It's less so later.
0: Well, I don't think that we are really seeing the violence. I think if we were watching him slice through this guy's body and having blood shoot out in slow-mo... That would definitely be the aesthetization.
1: Okay, I can see that. I just, I know when I watched a scene, I was like, damn, that was cool. <laughs> Even though maybe that wasn't the idea I was supposed to get.
0: That tells them immediately, holy shit, we gotta get him. But it also is the same thing for Kikuchio and for Katsushiro. Katsushiro starts to beg kombe, please train me, let me be your disciple, because he is just blown away by this man.
1: Oh yes, he inspires these two Katsushiro, the young pretty one, is amazed by this extremely Mr. Too Damn Honorable and wants to be his disciple. It's unclear what who is soon to be known as Kikuchiro wants from him. He just kind of is harassing him and then goes away. Did you understand what's going on there other than introducing the character?
0: He's clearly impressed but has a lot of pride and can't really ask or doesn't appear to be worthy of his time or teaching. We really should touch on Kikuchio because he is another crazy character like he played in Rashomon, but I think works a lot better here. And he's carrying this giant, enormous sword that he probably stole. That is obviously, you know, a metaphor for him overcompensating.
1: Yeah, <laughs> comedically large sword. I love it to Shurmufu he plays his craziest motherfucker yet <laughs> in this film.
0: I don't know, is he crazier than he was in Rashomon? He's pretty nuts in Rashomon.
1: I'd say he's as crazy, but he's just more developed. So there's more going on.
0: I think the movie surrounding his craziness is much better suited to it than Rashomon was, where everyone is very stoic and serious and he's, he's just screaming. screaming. Yeah,
1: I think, though, he's basically as crazy in this one. Very similar character, but a bit more developed because he has this backstory of he's actually a farm boy. He's not a samurai at all by lineage. And he just is kind of cosplaying as one, but also wants to prove himself as being skilled.
0: We find out he hates farmers because he says that they hide stuff and they always play the victim and they pretend to be poor. His parents were killed when he was a baby by either bandits or samurai. It isn't totally clear because he has anger against both, but that's what has orphaned him. That distinction
1: also isn't always super clear. They find what looks to be bandit gear, but it's actually samurai gear from a former attack on the village. Like, I don't know, the distinction between bandit and samurai.
0: That was actually, the villagers have killed samurai escaping from battle. They've killed wounded samurai and taken their armor. They have some dropped lines about that in the beginning of the film.
1: Okay, just from like generic civil war times?
0: Yeah, because there's just been tons of civil wars. These battles have been what have impoverished them.
1: The gear just looked very similar to the bandits i was a little bit confused
0: yeah i'm sure that they're also scavenging a lot of samurai gear not a single character in here is a proper samurai even kanbei or Gorobei or shichiroji they're all making do with what they have
1: all right that's that's fine but uh yeah he is the son of farmers his parents died when he was very little he hates farmers for their cowardness but also blames samurai for
0: for their intrusiveness
1: So yeah, he's actually a very complex character and also just totally fucking nuts, always screaming, always making jokes. He's actually kind of charming with uh, the kids of the
0: village. And he's always following this group around because he does want to be included, but isn't really being accepted. He really only manages to become part of the troop because he is just so persistent. So he's technically the first and last member of the group, because in the meantime, Kambei accepts after learning that these farmers who can't pay anything are eating millet, reducing themselves to that to be able to just give them rice, a very bare necessity, because that is the same approach that he has done to rescue the baby. He sees a lot of himself in that. And I think he develops a pretty good system, finding and weeding people out by having what is now his young disciple, who were like brothers, only closer to him,
1: yeah, his uh, young disciple, Katsushiro, just didn't leave enough that he is now part of the team and helping out. And the system is, Kanbei says, every time a samurai is about to walk in the door, attempt to hit them really hard with this big stick. And if they stop you, that means they're a true samurai. <laughs> the first guy is the one who catches the sword and says, what are you doing? He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Just wanted to test you. And he's like, I'm not going to do this. Then the second guy is Gorobe. And Gorobei is like, is this a joke? I'm not going to walk in there. There's a the guy about to hit me inside the doorframe. And then Kambei's like, ah, you got me. Welcome to the team.
0: One of Kurosawa's devices that we've talked about a lot are the wipes. I think he uses wipes really, really well here because he's spanning so much time with this story that they're used to really just skip ahead in time. We already can fill in the blanks ourselves of him explaining what the deal is, what the whole operation is going to be, any debate that they might have back and forth because Gorobei is hesitant but is intrigued by Kambe as a person. We wipe, and then now, okay... I'll join you. Gorobei's is
1: now also recruiting. Kanbei is recruiting.
0: Gorobe becomes the second in command. He's very similar to Kambe in a lot of ways. He's a very upstanding, professional samurai. While Gorobe is out looking for people, Kanbei finds an old military friend of his, Shichiroji, who is an actor I love, uh, Daisuke Kato. Yeah, he was great. He was really cool. Yeah, he, he's an actor I know from a lot of different Japanese movies beyond Kurosawa's filmography, but he and Gorobe, I would say, are the most similar samurai. Yep, I couldn't tell them apart for some scenes because they're both big guys. <laughs> big guys who are in the same league as Kanbei, that he's just the leader. And I think you do need that. I wish that they were a little more distinct. Yeah. But I do think that they're both good in their own ways. And I think you do need to have a little bit of a reserve of just normal, good samurai to rely on. Because there's going to be a lot of other personalities brought into the team.
1: One criticism I'll have of the film generally is that not every character is equally developed. I think Gorobe is probably the least developed of all the characters. I agree with that. We know very little besides he just shows up is kind of cool. He's a archer, which is his main distinction. His death is kind of unceremonious. He dies off screen and then is taken in.
0: Juggling seven characters, that's quite a lot to get full arcs in, especially for people that won't make it to the end. But I I do like what they add. I just, you know, I think they help pad the group to just feel like a more competent unit. Yeah. After Kambe does that, Gorobei finds the best samurai, Heihachi, cutting wood and loving it.
1: Who I thought was going to be Toshiro Mifune. I thought it was going to be uh, Kikuchiyo, just based on the way the scene was set up. Because he was set up as a completely just penniless man trying to beg for money. So I was like, oh, it must be Toshiro Mifune. But it turns out, no, he's actually a lot cooler and more fun than Toshiro Mifune's character. Yeah, Heihachi, he is just chopping wood. He is really good at it. Gorabe notices how good he is. He was like, damn, he seemed like a cool and fun guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, I just love killing. You know, oh, yes. <laughs> once I start, I can't stop.
1: He says, I usually try to run away from fights because as soon as I start fighting, I'm not going to stop until everyone's dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, Akira Kurosawa's Crumbopulous Michael. He's the comic relief samurai. Not that there needs to be comic relief because there is so much comedy happening in the film as well. Dry humor for a lot of things. Or mostly to Shiro Mifune being the butt of everyone's joke.
1: Yeah, Hihachi and Kikuchi are the two funny ones.
0: Yeah, so they're great. And then I think what's so nice about this first half is... Kurosawa is finding ways to sneak in little bits of action just to energize the film a little bit as we're going through so many scenes of dialogue and wandering around and searching. We get to see Kyuzo go against another nameless man in a sword fight, which starts out with just sticks, but the man's ego gets the best of him and he challenges this absolute machine of a sword fighter.
1: Yeah, Stone Cold Killer. In my opinion, by far the coolest one, almost the criticism of the movie is that he's strangely way cooler than everyone else and like way better than everyone else. And I'm like, why is this like God of a sword fighting? Just one random member of the group. It's like addressed.
0: He's beyond worldly desires. He just wants the practice of being able to kill all these people because he just has so many targets.
1: The only thing he enjoys is not even his killing is just doing swordsmanship. Yeah, so he's fighting this guy, and it's. I think the scene's very well set up with the character's movements, mm-hmm. where the other guy is very, like, flighty, and Kyozu is just steady as a rock. Obviously, he's going to be the winner, and he is. After they fight with sticks, uh, Kyozu's like, if we fight with swords, you'll die. And he's like, no, I want to fight with swords. And he's like, you're going to die.
0: He's like, <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I really don't want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make me kill you. Do you want me to kill you? And then he
1: kills him super easily. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is witnessed by Kambe
1: and Katsushiro, and they're like, oh, man, he's good. They, like, give him their address.
0: They're like, he's so good that we're not going to be able to get him because he's definitely going to want money. He's too good for us. But I think he overhears that some people are, you know, I'm putting together a team. He joins of his own free will. He isn't scouted the same way, which is just an- another reason that he is a step above even Combe, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Kyuzo would be Combe in a fight. Combe is like, a more important strategic leader in a lot of ways. But Kyuza is just a stone-cold killer. Oh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't
0: trust Kyuzo for strategy. I
1: wouldn't trust Kyuzo for, like, a conversation. <laughs> but, yeah, that being said, he's super fucking cool.
0: Yeah, and Katsushiro is fangirling over him. for yeah, as the am whole- I. He starts out fangirling over Kanbei, and then as soon as he sees Kyuzo, he says, friendship ended with Kanbei, now Kyuzo is my new best friend.
1: <laughs> Kyuzo is my new samurai crush. But yeah, with that, the team is essentially all together. That's what Kanbei says. He's like, six will have to be enough. We really gotta get going.
0: Yeah, they're running out of time. The harvest is coming soon, and they know the bandits are going to come. They're going to need time to assemble everybody that's able-bodied into troops and figure out the lay of the land. So, yeah, we got to ditch this town and make the several-day journey over. And there's always someone just trailing behind them. Yeah,
1: well, we... A little bit before that, one of the awful shit-covered peasants who isn't a peasant is like, hey, wait, wait, one more one more last guy is coming. And they're like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: They're like, we found a great samurai.
1: Yeah, we, we found our, He was a great fighter. Trust us. He is drunk now, though. So, <laughs> Kikachu comes in. He gets his head bashed in by Katsushiro because he's too drunk to stop it and not really a true samurai. And then he just, like, gets made fun of by everyone there, traces them all around. He brings a fake birth chart where he he is like, see, I'm I'm really a samurai. Like, look at my, my pedigree. And they're like, Are you, according to this chart, you're 13. <laughs> he's like, uh... <laughs> He's like horribly embarrassed. His sword gets stolen by Ahachi, just completely destroyed morally and emotionally by everyone. And they're all like, oh, well, that was fun. Uh, we're leaving. Bye. And they leave the next morning and then he starts following them. And then there's the whole trail back. He's kind of following them.
0: Yeah, there's a humorous trail back where they watch him catch a live fish in a river and start immediately cooking it. He also gets ahead of them at one
1: point. <laughs> yeah. hahachi's uh, like, he's no longer behind us. I- i kind of miss him and then he jumps in front and is like ah like sticks his tongue out and screams like he's always doing <laughs> and then runs away and they're like uh oh, i think i actually says something like i, I take it back <laughs> like <laughs> he's like ah, oh, hell <laughs> like that's that's a cute little way to transition them back to the village there's some drama going on in the village
0: yes the seven samurai are the main focus of the movie and they're named far more often than a lot of the villagers are but there are a few key villagers that helped recruit the samurai They came as a group of four and then two left to go tell the old man and the village what their plan is, saying the other two will be back with more samurai. Manzo has his daughter, Shino, and he worries that the samurai are going to come in and they're going to rape her and they're going to rape all the women in the village. So they are hiding them. And he forcibly cuts Shino's hair in a very disturbing scene.
1: Yeah, in a very disturbing scene to make her look like a boy essentially is the, the plan. Yeah, it's a Mulan her. Totally ruins the morale of everyone in town. Everyone's like really upset and they're all worried now because he was so worried that he's like freaked them all out. And that sets up kind of the arrival of the samurai. They arrive in town and everyone's just not there.
0: Yeah, it's a total ghost town. Rikichi is calling, Where are you guys? The samurai are here. Yeah, please.
1: She's like, What's going on? Where are you? He's like, Yelling, like, really upset, obviously, as he should be.
0: And all the samurai are so
1: confused. They're like, Was this a joke? (laughs) We just had this whole recruiting montage and this whole montage to get here what's going on (laughs) like uh we just
0: spent an hour and a half of the runtime getting together and now there's no people
1: yeah we just had a full 90 minute film recruiting us
0: (laughs) and yeah they're like okay well i guess every single person in town is gone so let's go talk to the old man who's hopefully still around
1: yeah the old man seems like kind of an effort to save face it's like a considered an honor to meet
0: this village elder they they respect
1: him which makes sense
0: yeah even though as a samurai the honor probably actually belongs to him Yes, but
1: I think Kanbe is specifically a very humble man. So he's like, oh, we would be honored to meet your village elder.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. He doesn't let his status get in the way of anything. Again, he was willing to cut off his topknot just to save a child.
1: Yeah. And then look cool as hell the entire movie with that shaved head.
0: Yeah. And so the group of six are in there with the old man talking to him, learning a little bit about the town. And then suddenly the alarm goes off. Oh, shit. The bandits are already here. A switch flips in their head and they are suddenly in full combat ready mode. They all run over in an awesome solo telephoto moving shot of all of them. The whole town is assembling in the town square. They're all freaking out, they're all grabbing at the samurai. Oh, please help us, even though they disappeared moments ago. But it was just Kikuchio who was slamming the alarm to bring everyone out. And he's like, isn't this a much better introduction?
1: This is how he finally proves himself, and this is how he proves himself useful: is by scaring the shit out of everybody in town, getting them all to run to the town center, and says, "Hey, here we are!" And he like laughs at
0: them. He makes the samurai laugh. It's like, oh, so yeah, you you didn't want to welcome us, and and they don't know that he's not part of the group. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't know that he's technically not part of the group. He's like, you didn't want to welcome us, and then as soon as this alarm goes off, oh, samurai, samurai help, oh, me, help, me, help, help me! me, help <laughs> me!
1: To sure his character, uh, K- Kuchiyo, is really quite funny in this movie, in this great moment.
0: Yeah, he really wrecks everybody, and the samurai are like, okay, that'll do it. You, yeah, you can you stay, can do as, as, as if they would kick him out of the village. You yeah, know? right.
1: He just follow them the whole way there. So he is officially part of the group. They now have, as they say in, like, Hush Tones many times in this movie, seven samurai. Oh! That was one of my favorite parts earlier, when they're like, well, we have three samurai, but we're gonna need more. I think we're going to need, and they like wait for it, and they're like, seven samurai. Yes, seven samurai. And they say seven samurai like a bunch of times over and over. Honestly, hell yeah. It makes sense, the influence that it has on the genre.
0: I think of all of Kurosawa's numerous inspirational works, this is by far the most influential in just film in general. I mean, really, the way that this movie is shot as well for action scenes... Kurosawa always likes to use multiple camera setups, here they're really beneficial for action because everything flows so well because it is all of the same movement happening, and then he can cut to different angles so he doesn't have to worry about things not lining up when they set up a different camera. A lot of use of telephoto lenses which, you know, compress everything, they make everything move faster, it just feels tighter and more chaotic. Almost every single shot, if not every single shot of this movie has movement, which I think also adds to the kinetic energy that the entire movie feels even when there isn't fighting is that this camera is alive. It's always seamless. You can always see everybody. There is no sloppy compositions here. It really is top form. Absolutely. Another thing that Kurosawa really loves is showing us maps. And I think the way that just a map is utilized in this movie is really remarkable. I feel like how many movies do you watch with action scenes where you really get this good of an idea of the layout of the worlds that you're in?
1: For a while, I like wasn't really following the map, but by the end, like you really get the sense of like, this is the North Gate, this is the South, this is like the East with the bridge, this is the West with the fence or whatever. This village, which is, you know, it's small, but it's, you know, you can't see all of it at once. It really gets set up really well with like repeating shots and such.
0: Yeah, it's something like 20 houses. We're kind of seeing all the different possible choke points. And the samurai, I think, develop a really good defensive strategy.
1: Yeah, Kabe is apparently a military strategist, because he is going out of his way to have this, like, insane, extremely well-thought-out, like, well-reasoned planning. Basically, on the premise, is the only way they're going to survive.
0: Yeah, his life depends on it. The odds are definitely against them, and they've been very careful to hide the fact that the samurai are here, keeping a watch out for bandit scouts, and everything, so that when they make their first attack, they really are surprised by the defenses of this seemingly defenseless village.
1: Yeah, a town they just ransacked a year before.
0: They build gates out of a bunch of logs from the, you know, forest around them on the hills and the the mountain. They also, once the harvest is done, flood the fields completely and dig essentially a moat around one of the entrances so that horses and people can't really go across it. They have people set up on stations. They are training different groups of people with bamboo spears.
1: Yep, they make a villager militia force. I didn't know that was going to be part of the movie, but yeah, the villager and militia is extremely important to the defense.
0: Yeah, because truthfully, they do outnumber the bandits, but they don't feel that way because they feel so defenseless because they haven't taken the initiative to actually try and defend themselves. They need to be whipped into shape by literal military men. Yeah, they're farmers and they like acknowledge
1: their position as such. At some point they say, you know, farmers shouldn't try messing with people above our position. There's a lot of actual like class tension for this period piece. The training and preparing takes place for like a better part of the film. Essentially, like, the second half of the first part and a bit of the second part, too. A lot of stuff happens with, like, we learn more about these characters. This is when we learn most of Kikichiro's backstory. He finds that they have spears, and he's like, hey, check this out. (laughs) They have all this stuff from samurai they've killed.
0: Yeah, and that really offends the samurai, because those are people like them that were killed by these people and had their bodies scavenged. Though Kenbei seems to overcome
1: it and not mind. (laughs) He's, like, the first to be like, it's fine
0: out of necessity, we do need to use this armor because otherwise we will die, but it doesn't feel good. Every once in a while, a villager has a real spear rather than a carved bamboo one. Yeah,
1: that's how he notices. He's like, you couldn't possibly afford or make this spear, you stupid farmer. <laughs> like, where do you get it? You had to steal it.
0: Yeah, they pull stuff out. Later on, right before the final battle, they pull out a bunch of food and sake, which Kikuchio says, like, they hide stuff. They have it. It exists. I know it's somewhere. And is like, damn, he was right.
1: Yeah, you're meant to believe these people are so penniless they can't even feed them with barely rice. They have, like, sake and food resource.
0: And also a budding romance subplot with Katsushiro and Shino, who he eventually discovers with, the, you know, an accidental love tap <laughs> yeah. that she is a girl. And he's, you know, a horny young man facing death.
1: Yeah, that romance, it, I wouldn't say it was forced. It, it actually feels kind of natural. She is, like, the one village girl that we know about. She's intentionally being hidden because the father is deathly afraid of the samurai, like, raping her. And then that's not really what happens. The young samurai actually kind of falls in love with her.
0: Yeah, it's very consensual. But, yeah, he does have sex with her.
1: Yeah, very consensual, though that doesn't stop him from freaking out.
0: That does happen later on, but it's mostly him courting her. Kuzo, the silent one, finds out that he's been sneaking rice to her. Basically, immediately. He's been eating less to in lieu of, you know, a bouquet of flowers give to her. Yeah, when Katsushiro is like, oh, I'm full. I'm gonna save this rice for later. is like, oh, do you want mine to bring to the girl? <laughs> uh, like... I love they have a quick interaction where he says, why didn't you tell them? And he says, did you want did me you to want tell to... them? Kyoza's <laughs> <Yuzo's> so cool. <laughs> I love him. And it's like, damn, yeah. Like, like, yeah, you idiot, keep this secret, but that does give them a little bit of a bond in both directions. Like, he understands, oh, you know, I don't really have a human connection like that, but he does, and, you know, good for him. If I was the kind of person who liked people, I'd probably like <laughs> a person. like. I, yeah, if I, I had the capacity him. to love, I'd be jealous.
1: They also help out an abandoned grandmother in town, the oldest person on Earth.
0: Yeah, who's lost her whole family to bandits. They give her a captured bandit to slaughter with a farming hoe off screen, which is another, you know, like the haircutting scene, a really disturbing touch that brings the gravity that the film needs. It really never plays cavalier with death. There are funny death scenes in this movie, but I think overwhelmingly the consensus of men fighting men is already a loss on its own.
1: The latest death scene is probably the very first bandit who dies by getting an error to the back. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, got him. But beyond that, it's pretty brutal.
0: <laughs> Throughout this entire thing, there's tension between the different groups of people. And there's even tension within the villagers itself because there are some people that have outlying homes beyond the river that's going to be flooded and they're saying, like, oh, we'll just defend it ourselves, and they are kind of throwing a tantrum about having to abandon their homes and everything. Kombe, you know, switches right into military mode, and I think he has a line that really sets out the thesis of the film, where he says, this is the nature of war. You protect others to save yourself, but if you think only of yourself, you destroy yourself. That is, I, th- I think, the overriding theme of many of Seven Samurai.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the one that I think they drive home the hardest. War is not fought alone. You, you protect others to protect yourself.
0: Yeah, it's a very Japanese idea. A group of people working together for a common goal. But I think here, Kurosawa also does see the value in what each individual person brings. But they just need to be able to unite and look past differences that are passable. The threat of the bandits is always looming. Eventually, they do spot a couple scouts. They take them out and figure out exactly where their fort is, their little bandit encampment, and decide to take a preemptive strike in order to get the jump on them.
1: Kyuzo hypothesizes that about three of them could probably take ten bandits, so, you know, it's worth a shot to go out there, try and kill as many of them as you can, and then get back. Kami stresses that it would be a terrible loss to lose even one of them,
0: yeah, but it really is the the risk of losing one, but the potential of taking out 25% of the enemy force before they even make their first attack is just too alluring. So one of the villagers, Rikichi, who has been having a lot of conversations and a little bit of tension rubbing up against the samurai because they keep alluding to the idea of him getting laid and having a wife, and he gets really offended every time that happens. And we soon learn why. He leads Kyuzo, Heihachi, and Kikuchio to the bandit encampment. Everyone is sleeping, so they say, All right, let's light it on fire. That'll wake them up.
1: I was surprised they hadn't thought of that before. It's unclear how the fire gets started, but they start a fire and they start attacking them when they run out.
0: Yeah, they're just hanging out outside the door and slashing their backs, and they take out a couple of them until they eventually have to run out. And luckily for them, you know, a lot of the bandits, it's dark, it's such chaos that no one really knows where they are, even though they aren't too far away. But... Rikichi suddenly spots a woman amongst this burning fire and he runs after her. Heihachi goes to get him and says, you know, don't don't do it and everything. And then suddenly we hear a gunshot and Heihachi falls over. And we don't even know that the bandits have a gun yet. So this is a really strong reveal. We get shot by a musket, we learn, and Heihachi dies. Killing the comic relief. He was probably the best one to be the first death for us to feel the most because we really did like him. Yeah, I really liked him. Also, he's not, you know, too important to the fight. Yeah, he also may not have been the best fighter, as they alluded to. Kanbei makes
1: a remark to Gorobe, who says in the beginning he'll be kind of like a light in hard times. And Kanbei prophetically says, oh, the hard times are just beginning. And now Hayachi's already gone.
0: And after they pull his body away, Rikichi breaks down and he says that that was his wife who had been kidnapped by these bandits, and then now she's really just burned alive right in front of him. She's another horrific... You know, nice little character beats going throughout the film, and they're more lowered down in the tier list of importance, but it's nice to have them there and to really make it feel like all these people are fleshed out characters. Yeah,
1: that certainly develops Rikiji's character and it makes his former actions make sense. I know considering how many characters are in this movie, he does a very good job, I think, balancing them all. They have
0: the funeral for Ehachi, which is a great sequence. Mifune is really upset and angry about it he's hearing all this weeping and he doesn't want them to cry and so he runs into the stable and grabs the flag that had been made for the seven samurai which is a very funny scene when that happens because you know it's on every poster for this movie the six circles and then one triangle and they say why is there trying The the triangle is kikuchio yeah the royal <laughs> the not real samurai yeah they're even counting the little kid who's just a disciple as a samurai, but they're not counting him.
1: Yeah, yeah, another way to roast him. He says it's uh, the Royal Kikuchio, as he claimed to be in the beginning, but <laughs> it's making fun of him.
0: It's not even his real name. He doesn't, he does, he's like, I don't even know my name, so they just give him that name. When
1: he said that, I was like, how is this character, like, even alive? How did he eat every day for the past? Or how do he, like...
0: <laughs> how did he introduce himself?
1: <laughs> how did he get where he is? But it makes sense that he wouldn't know his name if his parents died
0: more funny moments with him kind of being the butt of the joke even if it's underlying tragedy
1: <laughs> the flag scene is really wonderful it is a Hihachi specifically who made the flag so it's extra potent that the flag is being displayed after his death and that is a symbol to
0: rally behind yeah and at the same time the first major attack from the bandits on the village and everyone breaks out of crying and goes into battle formation
1: it's a good thing they're crying with their spears. Uh, they immediately run off and get into their positions. they all have different posts there. It seems like one or two samurais assigned with like a squad of people and they all go into like their various posts.
0: Yeah. And we saw them all, you know, hyping themselves up. They were kind of having a competition amongst each other to get their troops the most hyped up and ready for battle, doing different war cries and everything. So everyone's kind of got an exit or an entrance marked off. The thieves are totally surprised when they roll down on their horses and suddenly they can't pass because it's a giant barricade or there's a flood. They're shooting arrows or stabbing spears through the barricades and slowly but surely picking off these bandits who are so confused that they can't really act on anything because they can't get to the people.
1: The fight proceeds in like a constant series of things that combat planned worked, but then they don't work forever. So then they got to try something else. The initial defenses start off well and they're confusing these bandits.
0: The first battle is a pretty certifiable win for the village. I don't even know how many battles happen afterwards. It's like five, I think. There are constant ambushes that work to a degree, but people are slowly picked off the bandits are always dying and they have greater numbers and next to the map there is the list of all the bandits there's just 30 circles for how many bandits are left and so you know kind of like in stray dog or in one wonderful sunday kurosawa is giving us a visual timer Kanbe is constantly xing out circles and we know exactly how many bandits are left and what odds our characters are facing which i think is great and you also
1: unfortunately over time track the death of the samurai too and It gets down to, there are very few samurai and very few (laughs)
0: bandits left. We do lose a couple key villagers that we come to know, either get stabbed or shot by arrows. Eventually, the main strategy becomes letting in a couple bandits at a time and then keeping the rest out with a wall of spears. They would come into the center and all of the villagers would run in with spears and stab them and a war of attrition. But whenever there is a major death on their side, it really messes everything up.
1: When it is established that this is how it's going to be, they're all gathering at the north gate to prepare this. They put out a scarecrow who immediately gets shot by the musket. I think maybe Gorbe says, I'm really worried about these muskets. Rikichi says, oh, I'll, I'll go get one. I'll, I'll go get a musket. And Kyozu's like, no, you'll die. I'll do it. Yeah, no, you <laughs> idiot. And <then> he just... <laughs> yeah, and then he just runs off directly into the enemy encampment. It's like a misty night. We don't know what's happened to him. He doesn't arrive for like a while. is like really upset. He keeps being like, maybe that's him. no. That's him, And then he's like, I hear steps, I hear steps. Kanbei's like, come come on, go to bed, please. But then they all hear it. And then Kyozu, the goddamn fucking badass, just runs back with a musket. He's like, four are dead. And then he goes to bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially, when you get the chance, cross off four more circles yeah. on that list. And then just sits at a wall and goes to sleep. Yeah, absolute king. Literally just turns off. I love him. Except he's woken right up again by his number one fan, Katsushiro. comes in to say, I just,
1: I think you're a magnificent person.
0: He's like... Is that it? Yeah. I want to go to sleep.
1: (laughs) But you can tell he's, like, touched.
0: Yeah, he's touched, but he won't admit it. And then later on, he is still fanboying, but talking to Kikuchio now. And Kikuchio is jealous. I mean, he wants to be seen as a great warrior, as Kyuzo is. So he abandons his post and runs off to steal a musket of his own. Because I think they deduced that there are three muskets on their side. They have one of them, and now he wants to go get another And I think in one of the funniest scenes in the movie, he knows where the scouts hang out from the earlier attack, which is great. We already know the general layout of this area. And he is hiding in a tree. The bandit leader kills two deserters who are running off. When they leave, he loots their body and takes their armor so he can blend in as a bandit and then just goes and sits next to the sharpshooter. Just like, hey, how's it going? (laughs) How's it going? Follow a bandit.
1: It's like, yeah, it uh, sucks. I'm really surprised by how hard this has been. It's like, yeah, man. He's like, kind of checking out the musket. Yeah, I think he like turns on like the safety or something.
0: He literally takes the musket out of his hand at one point and then gives it back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> finally, pulls out his sword and he's like, well, anyway. And the guy's like, wait. He realizes that he's on of the samurai. He
0: turns it very slowly and looks at him, and he finally recognizes. I don't know who this man is. Yeah, wait, this isn't one of (laughs) my tracks. And screams and runs away, and then Kikuchio kills him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, just super funny, awesome scene all
0: around. He's running back with the musket, and he's being chased by a couple bandits. He turns around and shoots, and he, like, flips over. He does, like, a a, a whole backwards somersault, because he's probably never shot a gun before.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the recoil knocks him over. (laughs) He's like, look at me, certified badass. I got the musket. And Kambe immediately is like, why did you abandon your post, you idiot?
0: Which is something that he did earlier. Kikuchio fell asleep at his post and Kambe and Gorobe found him asleep. Yet another funny scene in this movie where they take his sword and then they throw a rock in the water to wake him up. And then he reaches out for the sword and grabs it and he can't find anything and he's freaking out. And they're like, if I was an enemy, you would not have no head.
1: (laughs) Doesn't learn his lesson though, because he's too hot headed. Because Kikuchio has abandoned his post, there are now bandits breaking in through the moat. Several of them get in, they kill several villagers, and all the samurai run to go deal with the situation. And then there are gunshots back at the north gate, and Gorobe has been killed, and his body is brought back in by the villagers. We lose another one, and Kikuchio fully blames himself. This one definitely is his fault, and he's extremely upset, and this kind of sets up the final battle. They are two samurai down, and down to 13 bandits remaining. It is nighttime, everyone's kind of really beaten up, everyone's really tired, the villagers are clearly worn out.
0: Yeah, it's been days of fighting, and they really don't have much more in them. And he's saying, in the same way that they've had a war of attrition against the bandits, the bandits are doing the same to them because they're having constant assaults and no one's getting any sleep. That also means that they themselves are tired, but they are at least more battle-ready than most of the villagers are. Essentially, if they could just get past the samurai, they would be able to take the village no problem. Another key villager as well died during that assault yohei was shot by an arrow and killed and he was one of the key members who recruited the samurai
1: yeah extremely expressive sad face
0: two impactful deaths at once and kikuchio is just sitting depressed at their graves Kambei says like okay morning comes they'll probably attack this is it we gotta we gotta do it yeah and th- this is where katsushiro stops being a boy and turns <laughs> into a man
1: katsushiro sees shino kind of running around like flirting with him sudo him into this barn he follows her in. It is very obviously implied they have sex. Manzo finds out because the villagers have been allowed to visit their families. He finds out he is extremely upset. He's like beating his daughter. Everyone in the village essentially wakes up. They're all agitated about it. Kambe separates them. Kind of like calm him down. They're like, Manzo. like, come on. It might be all of our last day to live.
0: It's not the time to worry about these traditional values of yours. You literally all might die in 12 hours.
1: They're in love. Like Isn't that better than anything?
0: Yeah, exactly, because they're like, nice job, Katsushiro, you you did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's revealed at night that the villagers do have sake and extra stores that they all break out because they think they might die. Kambe brings the extra sake to Kikachiyo, who seems like he's not going to drink it, and then destroys it.
0: Yeah, then he he demolishes a jar. Pretty much
1: they're ready to go, it brings in the next morning. Kambe says, probably the funniest line in the entire movie, Katsushiro, we expect big things from you today. After all, you became a man last night. (laughs) Everyone's like
0: busting. (laughs) <laughs> laughing so yeah hard. and and it really is the one-two punch of his manhood because he has laid his first woman and in the morning he kills his first man he does get a kill in in the final battle
1: yep and it seriously affects him
0: before the battle starts we get rashomon level heavy rain pouring down and it really does change the feel of this last fight there is nothing glorious about it everyone is dirty and muddy and sliding all over the place it's just really disgusting
1: slippery gross fight to the death for sure you can literally count down on your hands to how many are left
0: yeah they count down to the last bandit who has hidden himself amongst women
1: yeah seemingly the bandit leader
0: yeah i believe the leader who has the musket and he shoots kuzo the best swordsman among them but can't do anything against a bullet yep he dies in the mud and he just drops dead and Katsushiro just starts bawling. And he really, you know, he's quote unquote become a man, but he is crying like a little kid when this happens because he is still not really jaded and learned the true nature of war and how pointless this fighting truly is because it was the last guy. He didn't need to die, but he still did because that's what happens.
1: It also says that it upsets Kikuchio, who goes to fight the last man. He chases him in, he gets shot, but in a, in a very badass final stand he follows him outside with his sword in his final moment he kills the last bandit and dies as well
0: yeah he kills last bandit kills over and big old shot of his ass yeah full ass man he has literally made an ass of himself this entire movie and that—that that is the point he's gone back to this baby born amongst conflict
1: like as you said katsushiro is extremely upset he wants to get revenge he's like show me the bandits where are they but they're all dead As Kami points out, the, the fight is over. They have won. All the bandits are dead, but it was not an easy victory.
0: And it doesn't feel that way. There is no release to that tension that they were feeling. Time passes, and we reach the next planting season, which is a nice full circle Kurosawa thing, starting with the harvest, ending with the planting. Katsushiro seems a little bit different. He seems a little harder after a little bit of time has passed, and he's been able to digest everything. The villagers have more or less gone back to normal life. They're singing, planting, having a good time. And it's a nice cool down from everything that's happened. They're not as
1: miserable as they were at the beginning of the film.
0: Yeah. And then I think capping out on a really nice end shot of multiple layers of graves, the four dead samurai, the mounds with the sword stabbed into him, which is just iconic. Then a couple of the key villager graves before them. And then at the forefront are the three remaining samurai creates a nice triangle. They remark, they won, we lost, because we lost good men doing this. What do we get for our victory? At the end, there really is nothing beyond the practicality of what happened. There's nothing really greater for him to get. Kanbei remarks really early on to Katsushiro about his dreams of being a samurai and what it is, but then there's the reality, you know, the illusion versus reality that Kurosawa loves as well fighting is glorified and everyone thinks it's great but when you get into it it's just miserable and you lose people you love and what was it all for just to protect this small village but he at least finds his own meaning in that very akiru philosophical idea of having something to fight for and devote your life for the movie ends on the strongest rendition of the seven samurai theme and i do want to specifically talk about umio hayasaka's amazing music yeah really good I think his best score to date and unfortunately his second to last because after our next movie he will succumb to tuberculosis and Kurosawa will move on to new composers but we've had him for so many weeks his scores always add so much to these films and I think this is his most in-depth thematic composition
1: I will say so far I've been a little bit disappointed with the use of scoring in Kurosawa's films not that there's anything wrong He he doesn't use it very much I think in this one he really fully like The score is extremely important to the movie. It really compels the action, and I I think it's a really good synthesis of the way it can be done. Something I was kind of hoping for earlier on.
0: Definitely. And I like that they've assigned different instruments, you know, in in a a, a very Star Wars way.
1: Yep, leitmotifs.
0: Different instruments and different characters. So there's strong horns and the male chorus for the samurai. There's more folk music, kind of flute for the farmers, and Shino and Katsushiro have their own little love theme. And there's these low war drums for the bandits, like the looming threat the whole time. I think the score is incredible. I've been listening to it a lot before the movie and certainly after it, because I think it's just phenomenal. You can find a little bit of Hayasaka's music on Spotify, and I highly suggest it. So what was your favorite shot?
1: So my favorite shot is one that you already mentioned, because it is the most iconic shot in the movie, depending who you ask. It is the one at the end when you have the three remaining samurai standing under the graves of the villagers and at all the top, of the four fallen samurai with the swords in their mounds. You can tell kind of which one's which, or you can definitely tell like Kikuchiro's.
0: Oh no, I had no idea that it was your shot. I wouldn't have talked about it so much.
1: When you brought it up, I was like, shit, that's the one I wanted to use. Cause I was looking at film grab and it's the last one. So I didn't see it. Cause I was just like looking through and I was like, where's, th- I don't see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I just picked some other one, but uh, yeah, that's, it's okay. Absolute perfect shot. Kind of captures, like, the thesis of the film that war is hell, and it has this totalizing cost, but people will survive, and things will go on. Really beautiful, excellently done shot. The one that stood out to me the most as we were watching.
0: It is an uphill battle. My favorite is basically the same shot, but earlier, when there's only one grave. Also great. I also touched on it a little bit earlier. It is the shot that I always think of the most. If you watch the Every Frame a Painting episode on Akira Kurosawa composing movement, He really delves into this one specifically and i think that's why it's always stuck out to me there is just so much going on in it i think it's such a good display of kurosawa's techniques with the stillness but there's the wind blowing through The samurai are together on one side. The important villagers are on the other. The crowd is in a circle around the graves. And circles have been the major shape that's been used throughout the movie. There's been a lot of town meetings in the center where everyone's in circles or different military formations. They circle around the different bandits as they come in. It's just the visual language that Kurosawa's chosen for this film. When Kikuchio throws down his sword and sits down and then everyone else that same movement starts to happen with everybody else and everyone else moves down, you really feel Heihachi's loss, especially because I think he might have been my favorite samurai. I feel it especially. A great, quiet moment. The Seven Samurai theme is playing very slowly, very somberly, and then comes back really strong afterwards. And all of it together, I think, it is just one of Kurosawa's greatest image compositions ever. Speaking of greatest Kurosawa ever, the greatest actor ever, Toshiro Mifune, Hotness Scale.
1: yeah this is a tough one for me i was thinking about this one all day since i watched the movie and i was like how do i feel about joshiro Fude in this movie on one hand he's completely nuts just totally batshit insane other hand he's very funny and charming on the third hand his hair looks really good and he looks really hot but on the fourth hand he dresses and looks like shit most of the time (laughs) you see his ass most of the movie his legs his strong body he like refuses to wear clothes for some reason (laughs) so Very conflicted, Uh, and this is going to be an annoying score based on your score, but I'm giving him a (laughs) 9.75, a
0: nine and three quarters, if you will. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I I threw it out at a 9.8. Not like in Rashomon where his craziness was off-putting. Here, I find it more endearing because he is a a funny character.
1: Yeah, he is actually very charming.
0: He doesn't always look good, but he's at least well-built and is just a nice presence throughout. He never becomes annoying. I never. I would like to spend time with him depending on his mood, but I would definitely always want to see him from afar.
1: Yeah, he could have easily been, like, the worst character in the movie, but he actually comes across very
0: well. So that's our rating for that. What is your final rating for Kurosawa's magnum opus, Seven Samurai?
1: I gotta say, recently I've been watching a lot of movies, and none of them have been really hitting me the way that I want them to, but this one did. And I, at the end of the day, I give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was perfect.
0: I I hear you. It's a 10 out of 10 movie. It is one of the most important films ever. It's a monumental task, even just to record this podcast about it, because there's so much to delve into. It's so influential. It's just so well done. Peak form. I tried to really think of criticism of it, and... It's really hard because it's done with such care and is done so well. I only really wish that Gorobe and Shichiroji could have been a little bit more distinct. And I I wish that the film could have had a little bit more violence to its action to really sell the horror of it a little more because it's actually a bloodless movie. Yeah, that seems like a practical effects limitation. I think so. I mean, films of the time weren't really like that. We don't have any real dismembering or anything like that. Some of this fighting, sometimes it is a little bit of just people swinging swords in the air and not really trying to hit anything. Or, you know, spears that are very clearly not going into anything. He at least moves the camera away so we don't see the body that it has no holes in it or anything like that. But to let that ruin what is such a wonderful time would be nonsense. It is a 10 out of 10 movie, and... It really is a high bar, and will another film pass it? We have a lot of 10 out of 10s coming, I think, but we'll have to see in context if this can be surpassed, because it is peak performance. This is what peak performance, performance looks like, like, folks. Toshiro Mifune's ass is what peak performance looks like. Seven Samurai, aka the movie where Toshiro Mufune shows us his ass.
1: Bada bing. So, we'll be back next week with a movie that you can talk about, because I never know what
0: it is. I hardly even know what it is, because we are talking about a movie that seems to equally go by two different titles, which I don't understand. Huh. On the Criterion channel, it is I Live in Fear, but in every other book, it appears to be Record of a Living Being, which I know very little about, but I do know that it is about Kurosawa's nuclear anxieties and anger. It will be contemporary. Cool. I believe Toshiro Mifune is playing like an old man. Oh, hell yeah. That'll rule. (laughs) I'm very curious to check it out. I've wanted to see this one for a long time. I never have. All right, looking forward to it. And to know that it's, you know, the follow-up of Seven Samurai. We saw what he did with so much clout after Rashomon, and it was a disaster. Yes. Now he's got all this clout built up again for Seven Samurai, and I don't really know what we're going to get, so I'm really excited to see. I think he's... We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. And we hope you enjoyed your first episode of Sanchiro's Boys.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening to the only episode of Sanchiro's Boys that you will ever listen to. Please watch his other films. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much.